Hey, hey, what's up, Ceremony Circle Podcast fam? I am your host, shaman and author, Allison Charles, and I just want to zip zap right into today's episode. We are being joined by a beautiful soul who lives all the way across the planet. Well, I guess that would be across the planet from me, but maybe not from you. She's coming to join us from Australia. She is a master coach and a human design expert named Emma Dunwoody. And I have actually had my own human design session with her a couple of times. So I can speak from that uh, truly embodied place of having experience with her. It was just a really empowering session to have. So highly recommend it. We're going to get all into what human design is. And Emma also specializes in practices that help you believe in yourself more and how to align with your sovereignty and becoming your own guru and learning how to tap into the wisdom that you already hold within yourself. We also discuss her Australian upbringing, how that helped forge her unique spiritual path. She's also someone that shifted from the corporate world into aligning with her calling in the spiritual world and helping to guide others on the spiritual path. So there's just a lot of richness within today's voyage. And at the end, it's one of my favorite closing ceremony practices. She takes us into an incredible guided meditation where you can tune into your aura and tune into your body's strong intelligence and learn how your body informs you. After this meditation, you can really walk away learning how to tune in more clearly to what is a yes for you and what is a no for you. So it is going to serve you far into your pathway forward. All right, guys, I just want to get us on into the magic. Welcome to today's voyage with human design expert, Emma Dunwoody. Okay, Emma, we are transmitting live from opposite corners of the world. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. We are very much at opposite corners of the world, aren't we? (laughs) Where are you right now? So we're in a town in Western Australia called Exmouth. It is absolutely, you know, crystal blue water, red Mm. sand dunes or like red rock and that the white sand in between. So it's absolutely beautiful. And we will be hitting the surf later today. So uh, it's a beautiful part of the world. Yeah. So yes, it's my evening, your early morning. So thank you for being willing to, to get up and join the Ceremony Circle Soul Fam today because, you know, we had connected, I don't even remember our origin point. It was on Instagram, but I don't remember how or why we started to message necessarily. But Through that, I then got to experience your human design readings or not readings, but sessions because yeah, it's very intricate system, not necessarily a reading, I guess, perhaps, but that was really powerful and supportive, especially for, you know, that time in my life. And I thought, huh, you know, I really enjoyed your embodied wisdom and I realized I had not covered human design. So I thought, man, this is seems to be lining up for a reason. But before we get into like the specifics of how human design works, I personally just want to know, and I'm guessing that people sitting with us would be intrigued to hear too, like what was your first memory of leaning into or resonating with spiritual practices? Because I know for me, even though 
at a very young age, I had to make a decision to like either keep my gifts really alive at the sacrifice of certain relationships or keep the relationship alive at the sacrifice of my gifts at that time. And I chose to, you know, as a little girl, keep my relationship with my dad functioning and alive. But even with that, I always just resonated and was studying, you know, metaphysics and, and all of these things. So I was curious what, how that worked for you. Yeah, I love this question. So as a kid, I was so connected and I didn't know it. I think that so many of us are. I think this is a very common story, even to the point where I used to play this game with my best friend in the backyard and we would imagine that we were these kids from outer space and we'd come to planet Earth and we were discovering these humans. We were fascinated by these humans and we would dig through the garden and we'd be like, what's this and what's that? And they just renovated their house. There were so many things, you know, that other people's trash, our, you know, magical human pieces. And so as a kid, I was really connected. I'm an only child. I had some, you know, not really challenging trauma, but trauma that really sent me inside. So I became exceptionally introverted. I didn't say a word to anyone, but my internal world was just so alive. And then I suppose as I got older, I actually lost my grandfather when I was three and he was the person that I loved the most in the world. And that conscious connection that I had to God per se was kind of broken at that point because I was like, well, if there was a God, he wouldn't have died. So it kind of got really muddy. My relationship with spirituality got really muddy really early on. And then when I hit 28, around 28, I was diagnosed with depression and panic disorder. And by that stage, I just, you know, my brain and my mind was in such a mess and I was completely disconnected from soul and spirit and all that internal guidance. Was that looking back in hindsight, was that pretty extreme level of depression and anxiety that you were experiencing due to you being disconnected so much from your power? 100%. I learn a lot about myself in retrospect. You know, I'm really big at I have to embody things to understand it. I'm an experiential learner. So when I looked back at it, you know, the timing, I was, you know, 27, 28. So I'm in my, like a Pluto return, my Saturn Saturn return. Um, And I look back and I literally was ignoring, I was ignoring everything that was coming through me and just trying to operate from the mind. So that sent me on a journey first to understand the science of happiness, human behavior, the brain. And that led to quantum physics and metaphysics. And of course, Once I had filled this mind, thinking that it was the mind that I needed to wholly fix, not just it was that mind, body, spirit, that all of a sudden I was like, oh my goodness, all of this science is basically supporting quantum physics, metaphysics, spirituality. They just use different language. And that was really when I started to say that I experienced as a kid, it wasn't just a figment of my imagination. Mm. It really was you know, something much bigger than me. So, you know, to this day, I always look back and go, and that was the most challenging time. I have so many memories of literally being down on my knees and like screaming at the universe. Like, what is the purpose of this? Because I can't do it. I can't do it forever. And I look back and just, I really understand how my mind and my brain had been in the driver's seat and it was taking me to a place of who I should be as opposed to the person that I was. And my soul was just screaming out basically saying, look, we need to get reconnected. We need to understand who we really are. You don't fit in, Emma. So stop trying to fit in and go through that process. So yeah, it was a bit of a, because it took me seven years to heal myself. It wasn't Mm -hmm. something that just happened overnight. 
it was a really challenging path. I was at the point where when I was diagnosed, the specialist literally said to me, look, depression and this level of anxiety that I was living in, you probably will never heal it, but you'll learn to manage it. And it was like, well, that's not an option. And I remember walking across the car park, just being like, well, either I'm going to find a way to heal myself or this is it because I cannot live the rest of my life like this. It's not possible. Yeah. So I'm sure so many people can relate, especially, you know, just in these very transformational, excavating, awakening, all of the things, times that can lead one into so many hidden crevices within their own psyche, within little hidden pockets of information within their own body. And you know, this kind of deepest level planetary work can sometimes lead you into the darkest spaces as well. And, you know, I know in the last few weeks, I have definitely been taken to places that I didn't really think after all the, you know, many devoted years of being on this path. Yeah, I just didn't really think that I would get pulled into such deep darkness anymore. I mean, I'm always doing the blind spot and shadow work, but there's been something so different and other, other level recently. So I'm curious, you know, in that seven years of you plodding along and just trying this practice, this routine, this ritual, Um, What were a couple that were really supportive of you? Of course, I know everyone's journey is different, but you never know. Maybe something that worked for you would resonate. Yeah, I love that. So as you were speaking, I think one of the things that really just jumped out, it's interesting. I've been having the same couple of weeks and I was talking to my team just the other day and I'm like, this is just crazy. Like things that I haven't thought for the longest time, like decades almost are popping up. So they're clearly we are going through this time that we're going through this rebirthing time. And it means that we do need to get all those last little, you know, nooks and crannies, like you say, like we have to get all of that out. So it is a process. For me personally, there were two really simple and fundamental things that made a big difference in the beginning. And still to this day, I do them and they're not sexy and they're not like, you know, they're not new. And that is meditation and gratitude. These were the two things that absolutely fundamentally changed me. And one thing that I say to my, that my clients, the people I work with all the time, I hear the story, I can't meditate so often. And I like people to understand that when I first started meditating, and this is going to sound properly out there, when I first started meditating, I was so afraid of even closing my eyes because if I closed my eyes and I went inside of me, I was afraid of being possessed by some dark energy, discovering all these awful things about myself, that I was really a bad person. So meditation. Wow, I don't mean to, I don't ahead, mean, I don't mean to interrupt you. You know, stay bookmark exactly where you're at. But just you know, having you know done a few Zoom sessions with you and just connected energetically, knowing your level of embodiment and like deep work, it's almost humorous to picture you at the opposite end of the spectrum, being terrified to even close your eyes because now I know you've traversed through so many portals. That's fascinating. Yeah. And I love that. And I think it's something that's really drew me to you as well is because, you know, one of the muscles that I've built is that I am now willing to look into the dark. And I was so afraid of the dark. Like I was terrified of the dark. And what I have discovered over time is that it's actually my superpower. 
Mm. And in fact, that because of all of those times I was even afraid to close my eyes, because all of those times that I did it anyway, and when I tell you I did it anyway, like I was literally in a panic attack, wanting to vomit, like it was a very visceral experience. My body had built up so such a high chemical response to fear that it threw everything at it. And this is where the whole journey for me that I look back and I go, oh my God, it was those moments. It was the moments that I walked across the car park and said, I'm going to heal myself. It was the moments in meditation that I was like, everything that's being thrown at me, I have to believe is not true because somewhere deep inside of me, it's telling me that that's the truth. So for me, it was that repetition, just keep showing up, just keep leaning in. And it was hard. This is, you know, I don't want anyone to think that I was, it was an easy road. It was a hard road. Through that process, I had two kids. We moved states. I started my first business. Like there were all these other things. And I have a very big, busy, productive energy. And I had just been throwing lots of doing at my life. And it wasn't until I started understanding that it was nothing to do with my doing and everything to do with my being that meditation and gratitude were the things that really started to shift. And gratitude is the other piece because as I started to really understand the brain, I was like, wow, I have to literally recondition my brain. We talk a lot about deconditioning, but I kind of want to blow that myth up because we're not deconditioning anything. We're reconditioning because our brains are actually, we're always going to be operating from 95% of our behaviors coming from our unconscious mind. Mm. It's just that we unconsciously conditioned it. And now we get to consciously recondition it. So gratitude is huge for that. It changes the chemicals in your body. It helps rewire neural pathways. It really refocuses your reticular activating system, which is the part of the brain that dictates focus um, and what it's going to pay attention to. So gratitude is something that for me, I think can be really wishy-washy out there, but it's so incredibly powerful. And all you've got to do is feel it. All you've got to do is feel it. And you know, like some people can't, this is the other thing I want to say. When you're doing gratitude, just start where you're at. I was once working with a CEO of a Fortune 500 because before this incarnation, I was an executive coach, performance coach. And I remember having this conversation with her. And I said, and I have a couple of prompts that I, I want all the people I work with to work with every day. And that are, today I rocked out, today I love myself because, and then gratitude. And we were having this conversation about her doing these prompts. And I said, so what are you grateful for? What do you love about yourself? And she literally sat across from me and she was like, I got nothing. And I just, I looked at her nails. For some reason, I looked at her nails and I said, wow, your nails are beautiful. Something that what I would say doesn't matter. She doesn't have a huge attachment to. And she's like, oh, oh, they are. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's start there. And this is the power of gratitude is because when our brains are so conditioned to look at everything that's wrong with us, everything that needs fixing, everything that we don't want it to ourselves to be, we literally block out all the good things. So gratitude and meditation are those two things that really started for me, and I know are powerful for everyone, started to recondition my brain and started, will help anyone to start to balance out those chemicals that get us in that place that we don't want to be. So it's hugely powerful. Yeah, that's sure going to be really helpful to folks because it has been quite an interesting time lately, but especially even more recently. So in terms of you being an Australian, I was curious if growing up there, like how do you think that that might have informed your awakening path or spiritual practices or 
you know, sacred locations you visited? You know, how do you think being in Australia shaped it differently than if you had grown up somewhere else? Oh, I love this question. So especially when I grew up in Australia, I feel like Australia's really done a 180 at the moment. Like this isn't who we are. You know, it's weird to be Australian right now. But growing up, the biggest piece for me was I did not realize and we did not realize the freedom that we have in this country. We have no idea. And I literally grew up in an environment where we could, I don't know, we had the space. We had so much more space to be ourselves. We really did. And ironically for me that my dark night of the soul came after I'd traveled the world and I'd seen, you know, lived in London for a while and been really exposed to this more high density living and judgment and expectation and all of these bigger things. So growing up, I had a lot more freedom. But interestingly, the thing that's popped up, so I'm just going to trust the thing that I'm sort of being shown is one of the pivotal times that I really started to go, okay, this energy thing, I really start to need to pay attention was that at the time that I was diagnosed with depression and panic disorder, we were living in a country town We'd done the tree change thing because we'd had like big advertising careers. We'd lived right in the heart of Melbourne. You know, we lived the life and we were just like, we're done. We want to move out, get some land, have some horses, you know, do all of those things. And we moved to this town and almost from the moment we got there, something just wasn't quite right. It just wasn't quite right. And looking back on that time, I noticed that my, that my mental health just started to really fall apart went once we got there, even to the point that my specialist had said, oh, now you've given up the big corporate career, you're bound to be much better. And it was the polar opposite. It was the complete opposite. And that's got a lot to do with my design as well, because I was bored, you know, boredom is an Achilles heel for my energy. But then there was this thing, like it never felt right where we were living. It just felt so out of alignment. And it was really interesting just before we moved away from there, we got talking to someone and they were saying how the elders, the Aboriginal elders, they're like, I don't know why people live in that town. That is a place where you should not live. This is not a place to live at all. And we started to understand the energy and what the original people or our Indigenous people believed about the space. And I was like, oh my God, that's what I feel every day. Like the life is being sucked out of me. So these are the other things I think being Australian. And as we travel around Australia, I'm really having this awareness that we are gifted, our Indigenous people, like we are so gifted to have their knowledge and their experience and, and the energy that they've brought to this land. Like some of the places I've been and the wisdom you can feel is mind-blowing. But unfortunately, we weren't listening to them when I was growing up. And we're probably not listening to, well, we're definitely not listening to them enough now either. So I think that that's one of the things that I know being in Australia, because it's still so young, we have this real it's brilliant because we have freedom, but there's this also this part of us that we're only just now realizing that there is all this wisdom that we need to listen to and tap into. And, you know, not enough is being done for us to re-access that or, or give our Indigenous people the space to really step into it. I mean, things are happening, but, you know, we've done some serious damage, let me tell you. So being Australian is awesome. I always loved it. I really, really am grateful wherever, whenever I go anywhere else in the world. But I think it's definitely at a time that we're rebirthing. I feel like it's definitely a time that Australians need to come back to who do you want to be? Like, what's the impact that you want to have instead of what's going on here right now? Because it's just, it's so out of character for us. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And then it's pulling me with how you just, you know, ended that with, you know, that question of, you know, who do you want to be and what do you want to add to the world? And I know that one of your specialties is really helping people to get reconnected back to their true soul mission and sovereignty. And, and I know that believing in oneself is a key ingredient that you teach. And so I know there's a few themes within that. I said the sovereignty, believing in yourself and whatever the other one was I said, but if you could kind of weave the listeners through those themes and perhaps some tips or steps or recommendations on how, because if they're someone who is leaning in or is, you know, a year or five years on the spiritual path, but they just can still sense that there's some other truer, bigger, more divinely aligned thing that's just like orbing and pulsating inside of them. And they are feeling a readiness to connect into their true selves. It does take, you know, trusting yourself and courage and a lot of those things. So how did you build that capacity to shift from that life that you were describing within the advertising world to, you know, traveling around and having a human design podcast and the person you are now? Yeah, I love this question. And the simple answer is I built the muscle of believing in me. That's the simple answer. And unfortunately, the journey itself just isn't that simple. You know, that moment in hindsight, I look back and when I was given my diagnosis, what happened? My soul spoke up. My soul said, we can do this. You know, I can remember going like, really? Really, we can heal this? Okay. And this thing that for me, one of the biggest challenges is that the conditioning piece. We are literally, we pop out. In fact, before we are even born, we are being told who we need to be, how we need to behave, what we need to think, what we need to do. And for me, like I hate being told what to do, like so much, so much to the point that when I was little, I literally just left the external world. Like I would show up, I would go to school, but I mean, again, I was diagnosed with dyslexia really young. So then I had a belief system that I was stupid. So I didn't try. And it wasn't until I got into sport and all of a sudden I was just excelling and it was easy and effortless that I started to say, oh, hang on, there is something else in me, something else that I can tap into. And this journey of starting to believe in yourself is all about really starting to trust that subtle energy mm. and starting to trust the subtle energy in your body. And the big thing that I started to understand is that and I love the word nonsensical because so often this guidance is nonsensical and we then flip back into our logical conditioned brain that says, oh, you can't do that or you shouldn't do that or if you did that, this will happen. And ultimately, it's those little breadcrumbs. And the more we build the muscle, because that's all it is, the more we build the muscle to trust our internal guidance system, the louder it's going to get. And for me, look, I went down this path where I have, you know, I'm a master coach. I studied for three years, anything to do with human beings, I can do it. I can facilitate, I can coach, I can do a lot of past life stuff, like you name it, I can do it. But one of the really powerful transitions for me was probably four years ago, I had the life. I was like, I've done all these things. Like I've healed myself. I have the relationship. I have the kids. We live in this beautiful place. So what's the big hole inside? You know, like why did, it doesn't feel the way I thought it would feel. And it's because I'd done everything on the physical body. I had done everything on the mental body, but I was still not there on the spiritual body, on the energetic body. And this is when 
I was going through my Uranus opposition. And this is a time of internal revolution. This is a time around 40 where something inside of us wakes up and says, Oi, pay attention. This is not who you came here to be. And I once read this brilliant book and she said, We all get this calling. However, it's as little as 10, maybe 20% of the global population that actually listen to the calling. And for me, I listened and I was like, okay, what do you want me to do? And the first thing that happened was I was like, I just wanted to play. So I got back on a skateboard. I learned to surf. That was the year that I walked the Camino de Santiago. I really got back into embodying my physical body. And I made a promise with the universe. I said, I'm going to walk this Camino. And my intention is to really drop into my purpose. And since I was tiny, I've always known that I want to make an impact. And the impact I want to make is empowerment, is sovereignty, because I genuinely believe that people can get along. Now, from all the years of study, I know for fact, the only way we can all get along is if we can get along with ourselves first. So if we can love and accept everything in here, then we will love and accept everything out there. So here I am on this mission. I get on the Camino. I walk the Camino. I've got all these beautiful answers and I, I literally get home. And I had my, my dad actually died on the flight back. So as I was flying back, he died and oh, I just got goosebumps. And one of the things for my dad, for my dad's life, I was always like, come on, dad, you can do even more. You can do better. And I was always like championing on because he had great success, but he was always like, I don't really want it, Emma. Like all I want is you and, and your mom. And I just want to chill out. And, and he kind of really taught me how to be me or how to be myself and trust myself. And it's okay to be different. And so he died on the way back. And I remember like asking the universe, okay, just show me. And because I just spent this last month and a bit walking, really thinking about my dad, because he was close to that point, I was really walking it for him as much as I was walking it for me. And the thing for him is that he never fully stepped in to what he wanted to do in the world. Like he was this amazing cartoon, like he could draw, like you wouldn't believe, but he spent an entire career in the advertising industry, believing that he wasn't allowed to do that. And so I kind of made this promise. I'm like, promise. I'm like, okay, universe, I get it. My dad's gone, meaning that I got this really clear download that it's like his work here is done. And for me, I just received that as, okay, so whatever the universe is about to give me, I have to, there's no more excuses, Emma. There's no more hiding. There's no more running around. And at this time, as I say, I was an executive corporate coach. I was facilitating workshops. I was very much ingrained in the corporate world. And human design had come to me a couple of times. And each time I'd been like, mm, no, I don't like it because of this. And I, don't, and I was very much in resistance. I get back, I get these massive signs from the universe and human design comes to me three times in 24 hours. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I made a promise. So I picked it up and I started experimenting because again, I'm not a person to just blindly follow. I just, it's not my gig. And I started experimenting and wow, it was a game changer. So the embodiment piece that I had just missed, it gave me the structure to how specifically to embody my energy. So of course, I started sharing it with my corporate clients. And I'm talking about very masculine CEOs. And I'm like, ah, what's your birth date? What's your birth time? And at first, I was so afraid of asking these things. And they quite willingly gave it to me. Not one person asked me why. And then I would start to teach them their design. And they would be having these massive shifts and these massive changes. Because of course, I'd given them everything for the mind. 
I'd given them, you know, loads of guidance for the physical body and and well-being. And now I was giving them this soul level guidance. And that was like human design really is that embodiment of the thinking and the doing. And the beauty of human design as well is that a lot of the things that I'd been trying to fix in me, I discover in a very short period of time are my superpowers and nothing needs fixing. And I mean, as coaches, we talk about that all the time. Like we're not broken, nothing needs fixing. But to a level that, like I'm a manifesting generator, so I'm a non-linear being, which means my attention can go over here, it can go over there, I can be doing multiple things at once. And sometimes I won't finish, you know, even to the point when I walked the Camino, I've literally walked over that time, I think I walked 1,200 kilometers, but it's officially 800 kilometers, right? And I get to the end of it and everyone's going off to get their certificates and they're like, yeah, I have to get my Compostela. Yeah, let's all go. And I'm just like, I don't need it. I don't need the church to tell me I just walked it. I just walked it. It was amazing. It changed my life. Thank you. So I'd always been this being that was like, "Mm, I don't need things that other people need or I don't complete. I learn fast and then I get out. And human design just started to give me like, oh my goodness, that's my superpower. So this inconsistency in me that I've been trying to fix my entire life is actually who I am. It's how my energy works. So Then it was like the floodgate started to open for me and I really started to be able to sit into what does it feel like to be me and what does it feel like to be connected and what does it feel like to make decisions from the body instead of this, you know, mind that I was so identified with by that stage. And that was the thing that really brought everything over that almost two decades together for me. It was, yeah, really powerful. Super miraculous. Hey fam, if this conversation about aligning powerfully with your soul's calling, AKA your Dharma, so you can be of greatest service for the world is lighting you up and you are ready to unlock or go even deeper into your unique Dharma, You can do that right now at Dharma Coaching Institute. Just head to dharmacoachinginstitute.com and be sure to use code Allison. That's my first name, A-L-Y-S-O-N. You can use that in the coupon area at checkout as that is the only way you'll be able to receive a free copy of my best-selling book, Animal Power, 100 Animals to Energize Your Life and Awaken Your Soul, along with also receiving a free video guided shamanic journey where you will meet the power animal who wants to support your career path moving forward. Doors for registration are only open now through April 3rd and last enrollment period they did sell out. Dharma Coaching Institute is taught by three close friends and colleagues of mine, Dr. Nita Bhushan, best-selling author Sahara Rose, and Ajit Nwalka. Sahara and Nita have both been interviewed here on Ceremony Circle, so you can dive into those episodes to get a feel for them. But know that DCI introduces the world's first coaching double certification program, where you can become a certified Dharma and Soul Purpose Coach. DCI is a six-month coaching certification program designed to help you apply your natural gifts to launch a high-income and high-impact career. And as master coaches, their mission is to guide and support you in making an impact that's truly transformational for the world. Sahara, Nita, and Ajit have taken decades of their knowledge and wisdom, put it all together to guide you step-by-step in developing the skills and confidence you need to take your career to its highest potential. 
So again, when you head to dharmacoachinginstitute.com, be sure to remember to use the code Allison, A-L-Y-S-O-N, in the coupon code area when you register. This is the only way I will know to send you a free copy of my best-selling book, Animal Power, along with a free video guided shamanic journey that I facilitate with my drum, where you can meet your power animal who is ready to help your career soar and your pathway moving forward. All right, back to the show. You know, there's probably a good amount of folks sitting with us who have not had, you know, a session in human design. So, and, and like I said, at the top of the interview, in my opinion, you know, maybe not so much more to you because it's your work and your calling, but to me, it feels incredibly intricate and complex. And it feels like a system of learning that never ends if you, you know, want to just keep going further and deeper. And so I don't know how you try to define or describe it in, in an understandable way, but have at it. What is human design? I love it. Great question. And you're absolutely right. It's hugely complicated. But I think one of the things to understand is that it was brought into the world. It was channeled by a man by the name of Ra Uruhu. And I think a lot of his intention was to keep it complicated so that people wouldn't understand it. And the biggest part of my intention with human design is to simplify, to cut away the pieces that don't matter. So let's start at the beginning. What is human design? Human design simply is your energetic blueprint itself. It's a synthesis of ancient wisdoms and modern science. So it's a synthesis of astrology, the I Ching, the chakra system, the Kabbalah. It also integrates quantum physics. And it really is just the best way I love to describe it is it's a treasure map to being more you. So you can dive in as much as you want to, or you can step back, but there's some really simple pieces that if you just follow, everything else is going to fall into, into line for you. It's going to, all the, the conditioning will start to fall away and you're going to live in more alignment. Because ultimately, the purpose of human design is so that we can let go of resistance and experience more flow. It's really that simple. And what it is, is it's talking about our aura. Okay. So there's even parts of human design where we talk about our aura has its own job description. And it's not something that we need to mind identify with. It's just that when we walk into a room, Mm. this is the energy that our aura is bringing to the room. And whether we are conscious or unconscious to it, this is how we are serving. So when we come to human design from a place of more simplicity, that there's not a lot of doing to be done. It's more letting go and allowing and being consciously aware that we want to shift from making decisions with the mind to making decisions with the body. So we all have our own way of doing that. For you, you're a sacral being. So you have this gut response that's just like, you just know in every moment, it's just like, uh uh-huh, uh-uh, uh-huh, uh-uh. And when we start to make these decisions with the body, it means that we're actually in alignment. And the first journey into human design is understanding our type. We can fall into five, one of five types, or there's four types and one hybrid. And then we talk about our strategy, which is the way we design to dance with the universe. And then our authority, which is our own internal decision-making guidance, if you like. And when we start to understand those, 
we make decisions from a really different place, a very different place. For example, I've got emotional authority. So I look at your authority and go, oh, that's so nice because you just have this knowing in the now. I also have a defined sacral, but I have emotional authority, which means I'm always living in an emotional wave. So for me, I have to have emotional clarity before I move ahead. So, and one thing that in the past, I'm like, I'm very fast. I'm very busy. I do lots of things. I like to be, you know, I like to make decisions quickly, or at least that's what I thought. I'm so conditioned to make decisions quickly. The moment I started experimenting, and this is the big thing with human design, it's an experiment. There's a lot of people out there who are going to tell you who you are determined by your human design. And I want you not to believe that. One of the things that you said right at the beginning, Alison, that I think is really important is that the work that I do in human design and all the all girls so far that I've trained is that this is about you. You're in the driver's seat. We're not just reading your chart. It's a way that we can empower you. And this isn't another thing to be identified with. For me personally, because I'm certified in a number of behavioral and personality profiling tools, how people get really attached to their design or their Myers-Briggs or their DISC or whatever it is. And this is not who you are. It's how you express your energy. And that is totally up to you. So what your human design is going to give you is the clues for how specifically you express. And then you get to experiment. And for me, it's all about results. Like write it in your journal. Your journal's got to be your best friend. And one of the big differences for me was I am a manifesting generator. So I'm already a non-linear being. I am on the planet. I'm a three, five. So our profiles are going to give us these big themes of our lives. And a three, five is basically an experimenter, someone who is here to try lots of things, make lots of mistakes and find much better ways for the collective. And once we start to experiment with these high levels of our design, we start to make decisions with our body, with our body wisdom. And for me, going back to where I sort of deviated with my authority, for example, just by experimenting with sleeping on it. So if someone, if I'm asked to do something for my big decisions, I will sleep on it. If I'm deciding what to eat, I won't just decide in one shot. I will look at the fridge three times, you know, and then be, okay, cool. Now I know what to eat. And for me as a person, what human design has given me is like, what a gift because my entire life I'm be like, am I fast? Am I slow? Am I introverted? Am I extroverted? I can't work it out. And what human design has given me is like, oh, but you're both, you know, and this is how you experience it this way. And this is how you experience it that way. So human design really gives us the opportunity to embody our truth, our wisdom, and then express it the way we came here to express it. One of my favorite quotes from Ra Uru when he's talking about the gates. So we have 64 gates, which is just 64 themes within our design that are aligned to the I Ching. And these are themes that are going to be consistent or inconsistent in our life. And, you know, the way that he talks about this expression, whether it's the gates or our entire design, he says, it's just like the role of Romeo. I mean, thousands of people have played that role of Romeo, right? Maybe hundreds of thousands. Okay. Maybe not that many, but every single person Every single actor played it differently. And this is what our human design is all about. It's like, I can give you the structure. And for me personally, I can really help you align the mind and recondition and and all of those things as well. But it's what it is to, to you is a gift for you to express more of you and trust your own decision making, trust your connection with the universe, no longer depend or give your power away or 
need external validation. It's the journey to sovereignty. At least that's how I see it. (laughs) I love it. And I don't know if you remember, I, I should have maybe messaged you before we started our interview. Anything from my chart because I know you do a lot, but do you offhand recall anything about my human design and a few of the characteristics of it for me? Yeah, yeah. So you're a generator. We have the five types. We've got a a manifester and a manifester is they're here on the planet to initiate and inspire action in others. Then the generators and the manifesting generators, they are here to basically take that inspiration take action and blow it up to make it big on the material plane. They're very attractive energies and they're totally here to respond. Was that me? That's you. Okay. That's you. You're here to respond. And there's some really cool stuff I'm going to share on your design when I was looking at yours in the beginning. And then we have the manifesting generator, which is the hybrid between the manifester and the generator. And they are the big, almost superhuman energies. They and non-linear beings. So they can look like they're all over the place, but actually there's real wisdom in their non-linear being. Then we have projectors and our projectors are the new leaders. These are the people that are really actually leading the way in how to surrender, how to do less, receive more, and how to be seen and recognized. And it's a very new paradigm. It's even a new type, relatively new. And then we've got the reflectors and the reflectors are literally showing us where we are at. These people are walking mirrors. They are absolutely the most magical humans. And I'm so grateful to say that I've worked with a number of them. There's only 1%. There's less than 1% on the planet. Oh, wow. And yeah, very rare. And the way they can read energy is mind blowing. It's like they see it coming like a wave. That's the way I've seen it. And they can almost see how I'm getting goosebumps, how the energy is going to play out. It's so magical. It's incredible. But when I read yours, this is the thing that I loved your most prominent gate, our most prominent gate is our personality sun. And yours in its highest expression is called the warrior of light. And this energy, it says like, it's really connected to the animal world. And I was like, this, how you can't make this stuff up, you know? And I was reading through your design and I think you had all the warrior gates as well. And there's very much a journey in you that I was like, this is so on point that it's not necessarily the easy road. Like some of us do have a lot of luck in our chart. I am not one of them. I have a similar chart to you that the way I will talk about my chart is that there's a lot of adversity in my chart. However, I've now, I love my adversity. I now, I've mastered it. I know that I'm resilient and strong and actually it's not that bad when you stop resisting it, right? And the one of the really big things that really popped from your chart was that you are a warrior. You are on this planet to be really connected to a higher purpose, a much higher purpose. And when you have this, like you also have this fighter energy, this ability to really like step into the fight. And it's important, it's so important for you though, that the fight is aligned to your greater purpose. So I would imagine in the past, the challenges were that the fight was connected to a more, you know, three-dimensional purpose. And I mean, sometimes it could have even just been survival. Do you know what I mean? Like that's still a higher purpose. But the big thing that really popped for me was that piece that you're here to be a warrior of light and absolutely to embody this higher purpose. And when you do that, like you have this magical power just to bring people along and take people through the darkness, you know? (laughs) Yes, I do. Oh gosh. Thank you for that memory of the session. I want to go back and actually look at my notes and 
and sit with it because it is such empowering information. And and so for people who, because I'm sure there's some listening that are like just dying to know what they are, I'm guessing they can connect with you on Instagram or your website and sign up for a session with you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You can definitely find me on Instagram. I'd highly recommend check out the podcast. It's the Human Design Podcast. Just go to Genetic Matrix or mybodycraft.com. Put your details in there. All you need is an accurate, you must have an accurate birth time and all your birth details and where you were born. And it's going to give you a chart. And all, just as I say, go to the podcast. It's going to help you to start to understand your design. And then you can absolutely head over to my website, check it out. There are so many ways you can learn with me. And ultimately the thing for me, because human design is blowing up right now. There's so much talk about human design. And one thing that I do want to say to people is that you already have everything you need inside of you. You don't need someone else telling you that because you're a projector, this is who you are, or because you're a generator, this is what you should do. You just don't. You have everything inside of you. So just start to experiment, enjoy the ride, have fun with it, and trust the process because it's really an opportunity for you to to decondition and recondition so that you're aligned mind, body, and spirit. So don't just let other people tell you who you are. I just, it's a big thing for me. I want you to all become your own guru and believe in yourself and your power because it's all there. You just need to learn how to access it. Yes. Access it and learn to trust yourself with it. And, you know, as a greater, more expansive understandings of who you truly are revealed and honing into those next levels of responsibility with the next levels of your gifts. And yeah, it's just a beautiful web that keeps weaving and growing, but I am all for everything you just said about, um, and I also teach yeah, a lot around sovereignty as well. So yeah, definitely recommend if this is sparking something up inside of you for you to explore it because you're going to be held in a really sacred safe space to explore this work with Emma. I've done it myself and it's really insightful. I just, I remember one of the main things I took away is just this affirmation of like, I'm really aligned. Like I'm really living and embodying and walking as who I was incarnated to be. And like, you know, to have been doing this work for so long and have really cultivated such a deep trust in myself, uh, such a deep trust in like how I know what I know and how it all reveals to see my chart and to just have it affirmed. Like I'm really living my human design. You know, it's nice sometimes. Like I sense that slash knew that, but to have another modality to affirm like you're really honed in, you're really tapped in and doing what you were sent here to do. It's nice sometimes to just have that reassurance that you really are living how you thought you are. <laughs> so, yeah, I love that. I just have to add one piece because one of the things I hear the most is that people will say, oh my goodness, thank you for the permission to be me. You know, it's that permission to be ourselves. And I think that's one thing that human design really gives us that a lot of these other modalities don't because we're thinking our way to alignment. You know, we're thinking our way to alignment. And a lot of people, even when we come to human design, we're thinking our human design. And for me, it's like, it's okay. We've got it. We've got the knowledge, but until you experiment and embody, that's where the power is. And 
You're absolutely right. The other thing that just popped about your design that I thought was so perfect is not only is community is massive for you and the fact that everything about you is around this community, but the gifted child. So you have the line too, and this is all about trusting your natural gifts and valuing your natural gifts. And to see someone doing that, because so many people who have that configuration, they just, they don't value it because it comes easily to them or because it's so innate to them, they don't value it. And I know one thing I'll always say to someone who has a line two in their profile is like, you are so valuable, just you, just you. I mean, we all are, but your gift, the things people want from you is this natural, the things that maybe come easily, the things that you really enjoy that don't feel like work and really stepping into that and sharing that with your community. You know, that's who you are. I love it. Mm, Thank you so much. And so how would you like to close up our ceremony circle time together? What is your offering today? Okay. So now you don't need to know your design. This is going to work either way. But for those of you who know about human design, what we're going to do is we're just going to do a little guided meditation to tap into our authority. Now, your authority is the internal guidance system that you have that is actually there for you to make decisions for you. In human design, we talk about our outer authority, which is our mind, and that's for others. So this is our thinking is very much for others, but our decision-making comes from the body. So what we're going to do is we're just going to do a little guided meditation, and we're going to feel into, number one, what our aura feels like, and then number two, we're going to feel into how our body makes decisions and what that feels like so that you guys can walk away. And I encourage you to have a pen and paper or your journal out. So once we're finished, you can write down what a yes feels like, what a no feels like, and what a maybe feels like. So that as you experiment, either with your human design or everyday life, you can just refer back to that. So let's do it. We're just going to ground in first. So what I want everyone to do is take a few deep breaths. Really side out, especially if you're a sacral being. We're designed to make noise from the sacral. Close down those eyes. And I want you to imagine four columns of golden light just coming down around you in the corners of your room or the space. They're coming down to create protective space for you. You notice that this space is filling with the most beautiful liquid light. And as it fills, it's pushing out. Letting go, cleansing, clearing anything and everything that is not for your highest and truest good. Now I want you to bring your attention to your root chakra or your tailbone. And I want you to notice that there is a cord that runs from that energy center down into the earth and it travels past each layer of the earth. And as it journeys to the core where you're going to plug it in, I want you to notice the grounded, unconditional love that you're feeling now. With the cord plugged into the core of Mother Earth, I want you to send her gratitude for the past, the present and the future and everything that she is and has ever been, bringing this energy back up the cord with the intention as it travels through each chakra to open and clear out those energy centres, starting with the root, the sacral, the solar plexus the heart, the throat, the third eye, and out through the crown of your head, watching a beam of light travel through the ceiling, past the clouds, 
the atmosphere, out past the stars, the planets, and as far as it can go until it reaches a grid of white light, which is source, connecting in with that unconditional love of source, sending gratitude, the past, the present and the future. Now bringing that energy back down into your heart space, you to feel into the question, what does my aura feel like? Now I just want you to do what we call a body scan or an energy scan, starting at that crown, feeling the energy of your body, feeling the energy of your aura. Now I want you to take yourself to a time where you made a brilliant decision, something that was aligned, joy, and it felt really good. When you knew it was a yes, how did that feel in your body? Where did you feel it? What did you know? What did you see? What did you hear? I want you to notice that you can turn that feeling of a hell yes up in your body. Just do that now. Now you have your yes. I just want you to imagine a time in your life that you are full of energy, of enthusiasm, excitement. Beautiful. Now I just want you to take a deep breath and release. Now we're going to find what it feels like when it's a no for you. And I want you to pay attention because so often we don't honor this piece. So take yourself to a time in your life where it was an absolute hard no. How did that feel in your body? What did your body do? What did you know? What did you see? What did you hear? I want you to really feel that. And notice you can turn the volume up. This is a feeling I want you to pay attention to. This is your body telling you, I don't have energy for this. Now you have your clear no. Again, I just want us to reset our energy. Imagining your feet in water. You can feel the cool water and see it moving. Beautiful. Taking a breath in and a breath out. Now this is a time that you are unclear. This is a time I want you to go to now that what I call it was a time that it was meant to be a no or it was a maybe, but actually it was a no. Take yourself to a time where you made a decision where you said yes, but it turned out you knew it should have been a no. Get that feeling in your body. Where is it in your body? What are you seeing? Are you knowing? Are you hearing? Is the mind overriding? Where is that deeper feeling? Yes. I want you to notice this energy and I want you to notice that you can turn it up. That when you feel this, either maybe the mind is getting involved or you're feeling obligated to say yes. I want you to keep this too as an indicator. Beautiful. So I want you to let all three of those go, knowing that you now have those inner knowings of a yes, a no, and I need more information. And I want you to bring yourself back to your aura. What does your aura feel like? I just want to add for all of you here in case it's helpful. When I first started this today with you all, my aura felt like it had little tentacles that were reaching out everywhere. And since grounding in and getting these clarity on my yes, my no, I need more information. My aura feels clean. It feels closed. It feels whole. Not closed in a bad way, closed in a good way. Pay attention to your aura. And before we finish up, I just want you to send gratitude for this guidance today. 
I also want to throw in gratitude for all of us coming together today, Alison facilitating, for us being guided here and for all of you listening. Thank you. Sending gratitude for anyone or anything that feels guided for you. And when we're ready, I just want you to wiggle your fingers and toes, gently coming back into the room, opening up your eyes when you're ready. Uh, so helpful. Thank you. My aura in the beginning was like super like, and I'm not trying to say that it was when it appeared this way that it necessarily felt negative, but it was like super zippy zappy, like kind of frenetic-y and like electric and just really buzzy, sparkly. Yeah, I was just like, whoa, I've never ever in my life tuned into my aura and seen or felt that ever until today. And then afterward, it was like yellow, deep, rich yellow. And it was like a coating of honey that was just like thick and calm and strong and there and present. And it was like a huge shift in just those few minutes. It was beautiful. Brilliant. And I love that. And I love what you said as well, because I have this very similar experience. I often talk about mine having tentacles and it's not a bad thing. We both have, we're both generator types. So we both have big auras. And my little tentacles will flow out. They want to get involved. They want to get excited. But this process really helps us just bring that all back in and ground into it. And I love that honey. That's a beautiful texture. I love that. So thank you so much. That was so much fun. Yes. Thank you, Emma, for your wisdom and, you know, just sharing how a little bit of how you've navigated the path and really aligned with that place within yourself that you love to teach others how to do, how to tap in within you know their own selves and unlock what's already there and become their own guru which equals sovereignty and how to believe in yourself as you are unlocking all the treasures inside so thank you and we will include all of your information in the show notes and in the instagram post that comes out for every episode so they can find you there but if someone wants to jump on to your instagram or website just remind them where it's at yes yeah, sure so the website is just emmadunwoody.com and then my Instagram handle, you can just search Emma Dunwoody and you'll find me, but my Instagram handle is the underscore human underscore coach underscore human design coach with the underscores in between. You know what I mean? That you'll, one. Yeah, you'll sort it out and you will see when you arrive that she hosts the human design podcast. So you can also locate her there. So thank you again from coming in to join us from Australia. I hope you have a beautiful day out in the waters with your family and I'm sure I will see you again soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Woo! What a beautiful, powerful voyage that was. It truly brings me so much joy and activates and lights me up to be able to sit with these incredible teachers leaders and masters from all over the world. So to learn more about them, just head to my website where all of the show notes and their details are listed. That's alisoncharles.com, A-L-Y-S-O-N-C-H-A-R-L-E-S.com. And remember, what makes Ceremony Circle Podcast so unique is that at the end of every single episode, you're able to immerse in a potent guided ritual practice or ceremony for your empowerment. So please feel free to make note of the practices that you really resonate with. 
the ones that really light up your soul. And come back to those episodes anytime, any day. You can use them as your daily practices. And I recommend starting your day with one of them at your altar space. Ah, it's been an honor voyaging with you today, and I would so truly appreciate if you'd open your heart to take a quick few seconds to drop a review on Apple, sharing what you love most or appreciate most about Ceremony Circle Podcast. Receiving those reviews is so helpful and allows us to continue to share this valuable content. And don't forget, if you haven't already gotten your copy of my new best-selling book, Animal Power, you can do so anywhere books are sold, or I most recommend going to my website. Again, that's allisoncharles.com backslash animal power. Because when you purchase for you and your friends there, you get a free video guided shamanic journey to meet your current power animal that I facilitate. Animal Power Book is a modern day compendium featuring 100 different power animals, what each animal represents, their wisdom messages for you, guided practices, and stories from all over the world. I personally put the book up to my heart each morning at my altar, and I ask which animal most wants to work with me that day. And then I simply close my eyes and flip the book open to the page I'm guided. And let me tell you, I have been deeply moved to tears on many occasions, and I can't wait for you to experience it as well. I worked on this book for many, many years, and it's now my greatest honor to have it available for you. So anytime animals reveal themselves for you, you can just head to Animal Power Book and see what that animal is trying to get your attention for. All right, Soul Fam, let's unite again in our next episode coming out next week so we can sit together and continue to activate greater consciousness energies for everyone. Much love. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only, and my intention is not to provide medical advice or diagnosis. You should always consult a health professional before making drastic changes to your diet or lifestyle.